Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hopefully all of us yearn to know God's ways so that we might follow the path to holiness and to, of course, salvation. A very important gift is revelation, but also using one's reason. God has given us so much, and not only a faith that enlightens us, that strengthens us, that allows us to see beyond that which is uh, just around us, the material, the temporal, he also has given us a mind to help organize things, to plan, to think things through. Today we cover St. Joseph, most prudent, as we continue our homily series on St. Joseph. I'd like to start off by mentioning something and drawing a contrast between Joseph of Egypt and St. Joseph in regards to his dreams. And the dreams are connected with the gift of prudence. First and foremost, Joseph of Egypt had six dreams, two while he was a teenager. He had the dreams that they were harvesting wheat. The sheaves that he harvested stood tall, and the sheaves that his brothers harvested bowed down toward his sheaves. Same thing with the next dream. Sun and the moon and the stars, representing his father, his mother, and his brothers, were adoring him, not worshiping as such, but paying reverence to. It's those two dreams that caused his brothers to be somewhat jealous and to build up that hatred that caused them first to consider to kill him and then no settling for selling him into slavery. He is brought to Egypt after he is thrown into jail, being falsely accused. He is sitting in jail, and sure enough, the baker and the cupbearer of the pharaoh are thrown into jail as well. As well. They have dreams each. Now, Joseph doesn't have any more dreams at this point. He is now interpreting the dreams. And notice in these dreams, both of them, three days something will happen. There's nothing they can do about it. The baker is going to be put to death. The chief uh, cupbearer has the dream of the vines. He takes the clusters of grapes, crushes them with his hands, pours them into a cup, and serves the pharaoh signifying that he is going to be alive and well, serving the Pharaoh again. Then, after two years, even though he tells the cupbearer, Joseph of Egypt says to the cupbearer, please remember me when you go to the Pharaoh. Of course, the cupbearer promptly forgets. Then, when the Pharaoh has his two dreams, again, it's two, two, and two, finally the cupbearer remembers, ah, I met someone in prison who was able to interpret the dreams of the baker and me. Sure enough, they call Joseph. Joseph interprets the dreams, and the dreams are a little bit different. Now it's not just a matter of something that won't change, and this is what's critical. These dreams not only involve that which is set in stone, that which will happen, the seven fattened cows are devoured by the seven gaunt cows. And then you have the seven ears of corn, which is really heads of wheat, 
devoured by these seven gaunt heads of wheat. Notice the little bit of a difference. You can't change the famines, but the interpretation that Joseph says is, put someone in charge who will manage the excess so that you have that superabundance during the time of famine. And all of a sudden, we have not just what's going to happen, but we have God's revelation helping with what to do. Now let's go to St. Joseph. St. Joseph is told in uh, three dreams what to do, but let's notice not how to do it. He is told, do not be afraid to take your wife Mary into your home when he's starting to get a little bit nervous about being the husband of the Immaculate Conception and the father, foster father of the Incarnation. You know, it's going to be awkward. Well, then he has another dream after the Nativity. Flee to Egypt with the, with the mother and the child. And then when uh, Herod dies, he has the last dream. Those who have sought the death of the child are dead themselves. Return to Israel. So he returns. But notice what is not included. There is not that imagery that we have in the Old Testament where, again, you know, the cows, you have the, the uh, heads of wheat. You don't have the imagery, for example, with the baker, the baker holding these uh, baskets filled with bread and the birds coming down to eat them, depicting his death. Well, here we simply have do this but not a command on how to do it. This is why Joseph is most prudent. Because prudence gets into the details. Practical reason. How to do something. To do the right thing at the right time in the right way. God has given us a mind that is able to contemplate amazing things. Goodness, truth, beauty, justice, oneness love, forgiveness. We're able to meditate on these things. And yet, practically, the whole point is to put these good things into action, into positive thoughts, words, and actions. That's the practical reason. That's all about prudence. Prudence is not just scheming. Sometimes it's that you know, it's used in that context where you're kind of scheming, trying to figure things out. No, it is hard work, and it is figuring things out concretely. Young people here today, children and teenagers, you know, we have the commandment to honor your father and your mother, but let's not forget not every detail of that is in Scripture of how to do it. If you are seven years of age and older, you now are considered to be of the age of reason. And so guess what, young people? Boys and girls and teenagers, think about what you can do to honor your mother and your father. Here's the perk. You have your mom and dads to help you with this too. You don't need to invent this. You can say, after today's homily, you can thank me later, mom and dad. Uh, you can ask your mom and dad, well, what, what are some concrete ways, some practical ways I can honor you? And I'll just give you some obvious ones. It means paying attention when they're speaking to you. It means being obedient now rather than later. It means being respectful if you have a question, a concern. 
if there's something that you might not want to do, you still want to be respectful to mother and dad as you say, this is something I have to do, of course. They're probably going to say yes. They might rethink it. Here's the whole point, is that you have the ability to be creative. There's some other things you can figure out. If you see mom and dad on a project, you can say, mom and dad, would you like some help? You are practically noticing something and going to them, would you like me to help you with this? And they know you. They might know your abilities and say, you're not old enough yet, but I will show you how to do this so that when you're old enough, you can help me, etc., etc. This is what prudence is all about. Parents, disciplining. Disciplining, something that St. Joseph technically probably did not have to do, of course, obviously, for Jesus. There was no punishment because Jesus was the Son of God. But the teaching element, that discipline means teaching, helping someone to be a student, someone who is learning. This means that when we have to correct our children, we have to use prudence. Let's do it the right correction at the right time in the right way. Do we want to fly off the anger and have every punishment be a result of, of anger? No, don't fly off the handle. We want anger gets us to see something's wrong, but we don't want it to guide how we say something. Anger's there to say, you know what, that wasn't good that you hurt your sibling. We need to talk about this. And then it's a matter of how do you do it. So my brothers and sisters, St. Joseph is a great example of prudence because God didn't give him the details. He had to be prudent when going to Egypt. What path would he take with a caravan, without a caravan? What would he say to others? He might have had, he wouldn't have lied, but he would have had some kind of a reason to go to Egypt. He wouldn't have been saying, oh yeah, I'm running away from the authorities. He had to be prudent. When coming back, he himself is the one that decided, I'm not going to go anywhere near where Archelaus, the son of Herod, is. So he skirts that area. He didn't need God telling him to avoid the son of the dead king Herod. He put two and two together himself. This is practical reason. And so let us ask St. Joseph to help us to honor the fact that God has given us a mind so that we don't just follow detailed commands, but that we cooperate actively involved in our rational investment, giving a kind of sweat equity, equity into figuring out how to grow in holiness, how to help others grow in holiness, and how to do what is right in this situation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,